are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here as well. No matter where you are and in today's on-demand age, no matter when you are choosing to listen to us, we greatly appreciate that. And if you're listening to us on Stitcher or iTunes, if you haven't hit, pardon me, if you haven't hit that little subscribe button yet, if you don't mind doing that, that does help us get the word out about our podcast. The more of you do that, the more people say, hey, you know what? This seems popular. Let's give this a try. And so many of you have done that already, so thank you. And if you've left us a positive review, thank you for those as well. And if you haven't had a chance to do that yet, if you have a few minutes in your schedule today, we would greatly appreciate that. And of course, if you don't like our show, for First of all, why are you listening then? But secondly, you know, we would never ask you to lie. So if you don't like us, don't leave a positive review, but maybe just don't say anything, you know, and kind of keep that on the download and just mosey on along and move on to a show you do like because bad reviews hurt our feelings. And we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Boy, you can tell I did a lot of talk in the last two days. Yeah, what were you just? How many packs of smokes did you put down? You can tell. I'm trying to get my voice back into fighting shape here. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D E A C E. And we will get to some of your feedback tomorrow on the podcast with Feedback Friday. But we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Let's give the audience a preview of what's to come. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, I thought um, right out of the gate talking about uh, Trump's lawyer. You know, this we don't know where this thing is ultimately going to go. And we didn't know that before. We knew about uh, the FBI raiding his house, and we still won't know a week from now. It's very unpredictable. But sorting through that, we only make it harder by pretending that we don't know some very certain things about what he already did. There's not a nebulous crowd about about some of it that people would seem to be willfully ignorant about, and you shed light on that, and I thought that was... Well, I hope it will it be helpful, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Well, like I posted on our Facebook wall this morning, I don't blame masses of people in our audience for not knowing the intricacies of federal election law. I don't blame them for that. I blame the quote-unquote conservative media that isn't informing them, isn't telling them this. And if you're wondering what Todd's alluding to, you know, jump on the show today because I am being inundated with questions and statements like what crime was committed here? Multiple, actually. It's just you don't, you don't know election law. And there, and, and, If you're an average run-of-the-mill American listening to our show and you've never run for office before or worked for it on a campaign, it's not really something you need to know. You know, like I'm not really big on medical malpractice laws. I don't don't know what the intricacies of those are. Why? Because what field do I not work in? Medical. I don't work in the medical field. Why Why am I up to speed on the intricacies of election and campaign law? What field do I work in? Politics. And I've worked on campaigns. You know, we've got 
<clears throat> all kinds of convoluted laws about super PACs and who can talk to who that you have to know some of this stuff because we're, we're in an environment where you could pick up a phone and call a friend of yours and have a general conversation about your kids. And at any time, if someone says, well, how's it going with the campaign? If they work for the campaign and you work for the super PAC, that could be construed as a violation. That, that is how convoluted, that is how tangled all of this is. And so I, I don't blame the average American for not knowing about this, because if you don't work in politics, there's not a reason for you to know. But it's clear by the amount of you that are asking me about what laws are broken here. Don't, doesn't there have to be some evidence of a, of, of, of a law being violated to obtain a search warrant? That's why you want to watch the opening to the show today. It, it's very clear you're not being informed. And we didn't get into the, we're not talking about the politics of the probe. That's a different conversation. We're simply talking about the legalities of it. Aaron, what stood out to you? Uh, that, uh, along with uh, fake news or not today, and uh, a clip from uh, Eric Erickson that I think you'll want to see, um, it is indicative of so much of what is wrong with our political class mm. today. Indeed it is. Well, if you want to see what Todd and Aaron were just previewing, go to CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Use my name as the promo code and you will get uh, instant and discounted access to CRTV.com. And not just our show, but all the shows uh, that we do from Mark Levin, the great one, to Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, Phil Robertson, right on down the line to us at the very bottom of the totem pole, other programming. You get it all with promo code DACE at CRTV.com. That is D-E-A-C-E. Well, of course, today is a Theology Thursday. That's the theme of the day on the podcast. And we're going to spend our Theology Thursday podcast responding to an email from a listener. And if you have questions or topics you want us to address on Theology Thursday, we've gotten so many of these that a lot of our Theology Thursday podcasts have been in response to questions and stuff. I think we've got a backlog of stuff I've just sent off to you guys and said, hey, you know, pin this for a future Theology Thursday, right? You know, so uh, we love taking on your questions and comments. And that way we know, because when you get into theology, you know, there are there's a hardcore group of what we affectionately call theo-nerds, and to varying degrees, all of us here on the show would be in that camp, right? But we also recognize, because we're in that camp, it is a small but devoted block of people, <laughs> All right. One way, one reason we love to know what questions you have or what points you want to raise is because if you're a Theo nerd, you can get into the weeds, man, and just not even know, right? You can get so deep in the quicksand, you're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want a lifeline. I, I would like to submerse myself here. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm done now. Thank you. That, that's what happens when you're a Theo nerd. You don't see the forest through the trees because you're like, what's a tree? And so one way we avoid that where the other 90% of America is like, I'm tapping out, throwing the damn towel, right? I mean, that's, that's where the other 90% of America is, is one way we avoid that is you send us your questions and suggestions so we know we're hitting on what real people that aren't afflicted with this disease known as Theonerd, what real people, what questions and issues you know they have with, um, obviously, one of the most important fields of study 
in the cosmos. Theo being, of course, uh, the Greek word for God. And if we're going to study God and who he is and his character, and if if he is, first of all, if he is in the first place, this is the most important subject in the universe, right? And it's important for us, therefore, to be addressing it in a way that addresses your concerns more so than just has us exchanging uh, lint in the navel, which we're fine with doing. Uh, it, it can be fun, but it's a very small but devoted camp, Todd, that is, is pers- believes that to be a pursuit of happiness. And this is broadcasting. Broadcasting. Small and devoted. You're being generous and probably purposefully yep. vague in your terminology. Yeah, what I meant, there's eight of us. That's what I meant. And seven, <laughs> and, and, and that, well, there's like, there's 58. 50 are shut-ins right now who are like, what's a podcast? And I don't do social media. And then there's eight of us after that. Yes, indeed. All right, let's get to it. This is a question from Dave Danzi we're going to tackle this week on the podcast. Dave says, hey, I'm a big fan of you and your CRTV crew, and I am a Mormon. The reason I fell in love with your show was Theology Thursday. I love hearing the perspectives of other faiths. I also agree with nearly everything you and the guys say on matters of theology. Yet you may disagree with me when I say that I am a Christian. So many do, and that's part of the problem slash question I have this week. I've noticed a serious hatred for Mormons among your audience, as well as Matt Walsh's and Glenn Beck's, or just Christians in general. Every time I or another person lets slip the fact we are Mormon, it's a guaranteed group attack that follows, with my religion as well as most religions. I believe my church is the true church. You don't see the Mormons telling people from other faiths that they are going to hell for picking the wrong church. And according to our faith, if they did say such things, that would be very incorrect. Why is it that almost all non-Mormon Christians I run into online and sometimes in person lose the ability to love thy neighbor as soon as they find out that neighbor is a Mormon? I know you guys are rational. Um, He even thinks we're loving. Yeah. Eh. No. Catch me in the right moment. No. No, we're not. We're not. (laughs) I guarantee you. I know. Because we're rational, we're just going to own up to that right now. We're, we're really not. No. <laughs> Can you help me understand why people feel this way? I wish all Christian faiths could get past their differences and focus on their similarities. Thanks for being a great force for good, and you guys are a great Christian example. Love your show. Keep up the good work. There are multiple issues to unpack here. Let's try and, let, you know, as, as it says from my favorite, li- my, my favorite line, from my favorite Rankin Bass Christmas special. It was the night before Christmas. The Mouse Family and the Clock, that's my favorite one. Right? And, and my, and my you, favorite line... It's April, you know that. I know Just, that. Okay. You know it's like 257 days until Christmas, by the way. <laughs> Dude, with this weather we're having... Yeah, may as aren't well. Aren't you thinking like... We get my Christmas shopping done? May as well. It is bad. It's going to be 75 in Iowa tomorrow... 35 the next day. And then it's not supposed to get above 40 for like a week or something? These are true facts. Good Lord. Hey, you guys haven't opened up enough aerosol cans this month. We need some global warming. Everybody listening right now, go to your local Walmart, Target, buy every aerosol can you you have, slice that puppy open and just let it simmer out there on the back porch, would you please? We could use a little carbon emission. This This is killing me, Smalls. 
this idea of spring. I'm dying out here. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm actually disappointed I haven't had to do any yard work yet. What does that tell you now? I'm losing it. I'm with you. I'm losing it. Usually by now, I'm already complaining about the yard work. It's week two. I'm like, man, I can't even get out and do any yard work right now. All right, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but just my own private first world lament. But, oh, I was quoting the ranking, my favorite ranking bass special. When you see a tall piece of cheddar, best to start from the top. All right. So we're going to start from the top. One of the reasons why we did this show for a long time before we took on theology specifically. And, you know, we did for years, even before you guys arrived here, we had Worldview Wednesday, where we would, obviously, if you're getting into worldviews, theology is going to be addressed. But we didn't take theology head on. When we started introducing theology in this show, you guys remember what we did? Those Facebook Lives? Yeah. We put like 10 minutes on the clock? Yeah. You guys remember why we did that? So we wouldn't piss off so, so many people. We weren't still doing the very first one right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah. because this, this, this drives people insane. They, they lose their minds. And, this, and, and, and there's usually three groups of people in this conversation. Four. Four groups of people. Leftists who think because they took a religious studies class from an atheist professor in college once, or they, they read a list of quote-unquote Bible contradictions from uh, Pez Dispenser 69 me in the comment section on Vox, that they're now Bible experts, all right? Or they watched Ancient Aliens once. They are, they're now Bible experts, Okay. Oh, hey, man, isn't that chariot of fire that when the aliens took Elijah away, bro? Okay, there's that group. Then there, then on the total opposite spectrum, there's the guy who's got Rush Dooney or Calvin as his avatar on his Facebook wall. And most of you don't even know who Rush Dooney was. By the way, I don't agree with everything Rush Dooney said. Brilliant guy. I've got like a full library of his works. I'd recommend, I recommend reading, get this, I recommend reading a wide variety of opinions before determining what you might think. That's nuts. That's hard I believe the best-selling book ever written said something about wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Is that a line in there, I believe? Somewhere in there? Okay. I thought it said just watch Fox. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Hezekiah fourteen eleven. right after many hands make light work. <laughs> Just watch. <laughs> That's great. So on the opposite spectrum of Pez Dispenser 69 me on Vox is the guy with Rush Dooney and Calvin as his avatar on his Facebook wall. All right. And there's so there's that guy, that guy who thinks he knows everything there is to know. And if you don't share every last opinion he has. And, and rather than just, I'm not just going to pick on the Calvinist with that too. That, there's, that's also the premillennial dispensationalist guy. All right? And, and dude, you can't even be like mid-trib. All right? If, if you are not a pre-trib rapture person, then they're, they're sorry the Catholic Church missed you during, the, during its crackdown of reformers in the Middle Ages, man. And you're laughing because it's true. Because <laughs> it's true. This is where I just sit back and pop some corn. All right, so there, that's the other extreme. Then there is another group of people who 
um, are seekers of truth. I didn't just, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm rejecting the seeker term. Well, you know, we're just, we're like, we still haven't found what we're looking for. Yeah, they're, okay. They're keen from Kung Fu. Yeah, just yeah, walking yeah. The earth. I'm, I'm, I'm a walk the earth. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Samuel Jackson. They just that, walked in the church from Burning Man, you know. <laughs> yes. You know, we were doing this Wicker Man thing down the street, and I saw this full parking lot, and I just thought I'd saunter on in. Because you had a slamming praise team, you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm, that person's not part of this conversation because that person does not exist, all right? Which is, which is a problem because it's essentially the, uh, it's the, it's the, it's the model for reaching America of most of the American church is what I just described. That's why we're failing here. That person doesn't exist. All right. That person's not a part of this conversation because they're not real. They're like the pro-life Democrat. That person, not here now, never was. Thank you. All right. The third person is a seeker of truth. And so, a person who on some scale may have a lot of, may be very informed or, or is beginning to become informed, wants to be informed, wants to have, has some strong opinions, but they're not sure they're the right ones. All right. That's, that's the third person is a seeker of truth. And then there is the fourth person who, before they even become that seeker of truth, might have some surface level questions. And they log on to see what the people who claim to have the market cornered on truth are doing. And they look at the way we are killing each other over this, and they tap out. That might be Dave Danzi at this point. He's Mormon, therefore he doesn't drink, but he might be on like his fifth shot of Everclear no, by now. No, no, dude, it's like, I'm going out. Uh, no decaf. That's, <laughs> that's where you're at right now. All right. He's in line at Starbucks again. Okay. Uh, those are really the four groups of people. The four food groups. Those are the four groups of people. And we have slowly but surely incrementally see i don't everybody always claims i don't agree with incrementalism i've always believed in incrementalism i just i don't i don't believe losing less than you previously anticipated is incrementalism i i i call that losing, Still losing. it's losing yeah i don't really care if i lost by one somebody asked me well i mean it's not really as bad if michigan lost the national championship game by 20 is it i don't know um, what was the operative word in the sentence you just gave me? Loss. You know, so I, 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 they lost. I mean, that's all, that, I mean, I don't really take any it, it's solace in it one way or the other. You know, some losses are more painful than others. I get that. But, you know, it's not like you're like, well, you know, they, they, they lost early, so I don't care now. You know, a loss is a loss. Yeah, you haven't had like a... a uh a post-losing glow this last two weeks, if memory serves. That I don't recall that amongst Steve. We lost in a way I was comfortable with, so that's good. Right, now, Most of what Christians or conservatives call incrementalism is just losing. Losing less than you anticipated. It's the, it's the, it's the political equivalent of, we covered the spread. All right, that's essentially what we're talking about here, okay? Um, I'm all for incrementalism, and you can see we have incrementally done more of this. And the, way we've, the reason we've done it incrementally is so that we can build enough of a relationship with the audience, because we are doing broadcasting. Not everybody here is an evangelical. Not everybody here is even an evangelical that comes to the table with my particular convictions. And I'm only talking about the people on the show. I'm not even talking about the audience. And so we, we needed to build enough rapport with one another and enough credibility with you so that we could tackle 
because what Dave's bringing up here are the real questions we really need to address. But if there's not a relationship there, we're, and there's no trust. And if there's no trust, we can't be honest, right? Okay? And so I think we've arrived at a point now, and I hope we have, that we can take more and more of these sorts of very pointed questions. So that's the overarching thing, is we don't handle this well in the social media world in general. And we weren't handling this well before the social media world. And that's why we were built, that's why we were burning people's ashes and and that's why the Catholic king killed the, Pro, the Protestants and the Protestant king killed the Catholics that we, we haven't been doing this well for a long long time. Social media, I wish we could blame social media for just a terrible influence. No, no, no. We were bad at this before that. All right? The legend of Saint yeah. Nicholas, the guy we get Santa Claus from. All right? He was dealing with one of the first major heretics in the early church. And, and the tradition says he got so f- fed up with the dude. This is jolly old St. Nick now. He got so fed up with the dude, he rolled up on him at the Council of Nicaea and just dropped him, man. I know. Just laid him out. That makes you see That's a Catholic you can get behind right there, I'm right, in. Steve Days? I'm totally in on that. <laughs> All right. There, there's, there's, there's the tradition of St. Boniface who was so frustrated with the um, with the people, the, the, the agrarian people worshiping the oaken tree of Thor, that in the middle of their worship, he just got so fed up, he grabbed an axe in front of all these like Norsemen who are not tiny and cut it down. Tell me more. Right in front of them. And then essentially just dropped the axe like the minions dropped the mic and said, how you like them apples? All right? We... Confrontation where theology concerned is concerned has not has been both constructive and destructive from the very beginning. Social media is only highlighting what has been a, what has been a vortex for us from the very beginning, and and you know some of it's to be understood. Frankly, a lot of it's to be understood because this likely is the most important topic in the universe. It is therefore it makes it very difficult to take lightly, right? And so um, we don't want you to take it lightly, but. Even if we disagree, when people are saying things we don't agree with respectfully, as Paul says to his, his protege, Timothy, such people, if you're going to correct or rebuke them, do it respectfully, gently. And then there are people that you know are clear, flat-out false teachers and heretics, and the same Paul that wrote those words to Timothy looks at Simon Bar-Jesus and says, you're a son of the devil, shut your hole. All right? You, you know, and, and you need wisdom and discernment to know which is the case for which. And um, we wanted to take some time to get to that point. So that's, that's the big point. We don't handle theology as a species good on any level. I mean, we're, we're contemplating going to war in Syria in order to essentially get involved uh, over sand dunes that... Islamists have been killing each other over for 1,200 years. Why? Because Muhammad leaves no written record of his teachings. And so right away, two camps emerge, vying. He has no known, he has no direct heir and no written record because he's illiterate. He can't read or write anyway. So there's no heir, no, no known, known written, rec- written record. So two would-be successors emerge right away to vie for control of his empire. And from here, we get the Sunnis and the Shias. And Muhammad spent the last 20 years of his life going to war. These two camps went to war right from the very beginning, and they have been warring ever since. And the core of the disagreement is what? Theology. 
So that's the macro level. My, if, if you're Dave and you think, hey, we're Mormon, we get picked on. Or if you're Todd and you think, you know, I'm tired of being told I'm, I'm not a Christian because I'm a Catholic. This is going on systemically. Nobody's good at this as a tribe, what I mean. There are people within each tribe that are good at this, but systemically as tribes, we have not been good at this really from the very beginning. So that's nothing new. Don't feel like your particular your particular theological bent, your particular sect is being targeted or picked on here. Everybody's getting picked on all the time by everybody else. All right? So there's that there's that huge point. Then we get into to specific points about theological disagreement. Jesus said it was, it was by their perfectly systemic theology that you would know they are my father. That's not what he said. He said, by their fruits you will know them. Now, when, when, when I say my theology tilts more towards a Reformed tradition, it's because I put a high emphasis on the sovereignty of God. Except I actually mean the words, I actually think the word sovereignty means, stay with me now, sovereignty. That God gets to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, with whomever he wants. That if God wants to, if God wants to reveal himself to you in a way that allows you to choose to follow him of your own free will, he may do so. And if God pre- pre- wants to predestine you to choose, to predestine you to follow him before the foundations of the earth were laid, he gets to do that too. And if God wants to take people that come out of what I would consider false or incorrect teachings and put the Holy Spirit in them because he plans on using them for something later, like maybe reaching some of those people that are in that exact same arena and put the fruit of salvation in their lives, he gets to do that. See, I actually believe in the sovereignty of God. A lot of people who claim they believe in the sovereignty of God, what they really mean is, I believe God sovereignly works the way that I anticipate or my tradition claims. So then you really believe in the sovereignty of you. And especially if you're in one of these Reformed or Protestant traditions who want to point a finger at Todd in the Catholic Church, well, tradition's not on the same notion of, of Scripture. I agree with you. It's not. I wonder if you agree with you. Because a lot of times we tend to think God, God sovereignly works in the way my tradition or theological bent portrays or interprets. Either we believe God is sovereign or God is not. Jesus tells a parable of a group of men who come to work on a job site. And they receive the exact same wages. Now, they don't get the back pay because they weren't there the whole time, right? But that same day, they get the same wages of the people that have been working there all along. And the people that were working there all along said, hey, wait a minute. We were here from the beginning. Why are these people getting the same wage we're getting? And what is Jesus' response? Who are you to tell me what I will pay? Who's the boss here? Job sits around with his friends, pondering the lint in their navel, making nuanced theological points. God shows up at the end of the book and essentially begins an incredible theological dissertation from God himself by basically dropping, shut your hole and know your role, man. Were you here when I laid the foundations of the earth? Did you slay Leviathan? Have you hung the stars? Did you count them in the sky? Did you make those? No. Who did? Yeah. So, as the great prophet Stephen Curtis Chapman once said, God is God. I am not. So, when Jesus says, by their fruits you will know them, 
That's what I look for. Jesus also said a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Now, I don't believe moral behavior modification is good fruit. You can get that out of a lot of ideologies and behavioral systems and worldviews. <coughs> Islam believes marriage is between a man and a woman too. I believe the fruit we're looking for is life transformation. And then from the, in, you know, it's not, it, it, it's, it, it's what's inside. What comes from the inside is where you'll see your behaviors and, and belief systems change and alter. Right about now, everyone's offended. Good. Right about now, you're, you're, you're typing your email. So you're telling me because I'm a Mormon, I'm not saved. Or you're typing your email, Steve, you're telling Mormons they're saved. Good. I'm not saying anything. Did I say anything like that? Nothing. What did I just do? I just gave you the gospel. See, Dave, it's not about... Am I a Mormon so I'm saved or not? Dave, it's about your name is Dave and God has counted all the hairs on your head and you are fearfully, wonderfully made in his image, Dave. And he desires an intimate, individual relationship, Dave, with you. Not Dave the Mormon, Dave the Protestant, Dave the Catholic. Dave the conservative, Dave the liberal. Dave. You, Dave. And if you have that relationship, Dave, the transformation in your life will take place, the fruit will be known, and you'll spend forever in paradise with your creator. And if you don't, you won't. This is why I reject your labels. I don't get into your, I don't get in any of your labeling. Now, if you have a specific question you want to ask me, for example, why am I not a Mormon? There are two reasons why I'm not. I don't believe Joseph Smith was a prophet, and I believe in a Trinitarian theology. I don't believe you can make, and if you disagree, by golly, send your comments and I'd love to, we'll discuss them. I don't believe you can make a strictly biblical case for a non-Trinitarian God. And that's why my opening statement was I don't believe Joseph Smith was a prophet. Because I think you have to go to sources outside of the scriptures to make the case for a non-Trinitarian God. For example, if you just relied on the scriptures to make the case for a non-Trinitarian God, you would have to take the entire book of Colossians and throw it away. You'd have to take much of the gospel of John, by the way, and throw it away. John's gospel really, really is the first to introduce a sophisticated notion of what theologians call a Christology. And in the book of Colossians, Paul fleshes it out all the more. I mean, the opening of John is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. That's a Christology right there. Christ is God. In the book of Colossians, Paul fleshes that out all the more. So to me, if I'm going to make a strictly biblical case for a non-Trinitarian, what I mean by Trinitarian, by the way, if you're new to this, but I don't believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, Steve, does that believe you? I thought God was one. You're a polytheist. God is one. He is one. He has a relationship within himself. 
He is the Father, He is the Son, He is the Holy Spirit. And no, He's not like water. You know, I've heard explanations of, of, of the Trinity like water. That water can be vapor, water can be frozen, and water can be liquid. It can be all three of those things. Can it be all three of those things at the same time? No. No. So it's not like water. God exists in those three. There is a, there is a strain of, of, of there's, a, there's a sect called, um, I think they're called independent Pentecostals, I believe is what they're called. Uh or another strain of Pentecostalism that teaches that God is one, of, it's what's called modalism. God was one of these modes at a time. He started off being the Father, then he became Jesus, and now he's the Holy Spirit. The Trinitarian view is that God has existed in, as that, in that state from the very beginning of time. And from the, in the book of Genesis, when God says, let us make man in his own image, he is speaking to and within himself. In the Old Testament, when God says to the, when the angel of, when the angel of the Lord arrives, or that when God arrives physically to speak with, with Abraham, that's a pre-incarnate Christ. That the same God who told the Israelites to go into Canaan and slay all the idolaters is the same God that died on a cross. Same one. Same God that gave Moses the Ten Commandments is the same God that looked at his followers and said, and now I give you a new commandment, love one another. So I, I think if you're going to reject the notion of a Trinitarian God, you have to take sources in my best understanding, maybe you disagree. I'd love to hear your viewpoint. But I think you have to go with sources outside of the scriptures. That's why I began my argument with saying I don't believe Joseph Smith was a prophet. And I think if I look at just the scriptures, I take John's gospel and Colossians at least, and maybe more, but I at least have to take two full books from the New Testament and ignore them to come to the conclusion Jesus isn't God. Now, Dave, what that means for you individually, that is between you and your creator. And that's the same for everybody that agrees or disagrees with anything I just said. And you know what? That's the same for me. And as Dave, you pointed out, we are commanded to, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. <clears throat> I don't understand, even if we don't agree, if we're being honest with one another and respectful of one another's views and we're fellow travelers on as seekers of truth and there are lots of areas within this world that we agree on, I don't know why we wouldn't work together on those areas we agree on. Provided the cost of, of doing so isn't that I have to change my core convictions. So let me just stop right there for a second and get some comments from Todd and Aaron. Your thoughts? Well, I would just start by saying I owe the Mormons an incredible debt of gratitude because it was roughly when I was about Aaron's age in my early to mid-20s that I moved out to Salt Lake City, Utah. A uh, combination of going to school, wanting to ski, and I uh, befriended a lot of great Mormons. We had a lot of great conversations, and 
my my being immersed in that culture out there that took me from being uh a a christian uh who was somewhere between de- devout and on on cruise control to one who immersed himself in uh, theology and grew far deeper in his faith because uh, that your the culture out in Salt Lake City is, is you know undeniably uh devout and mm-hmm. it it really framed my sense of purpose in my own faith but one reason it did that and i focus on one of your particular lines dave one thing that reason it happened is because what we didn't do is we didn't simply as you say it get past our differences that's the wrong take we we didn't obsess about our differences we didn't uh pull out the pitchforks and start you know lighting out human torches we but we've we had conversations about our differences Mm -hmm. real ones adult ones fantastic ones so don't let the fact that there's countless trolls out there and it happens to me and they come after me on this show and i belong to a false church and all that nonsense and it's nonsense when they when they say it means spiritly about you but we should be able to talk. As Steve talks all the time. You know, you you know why I'm not a Catholic because um, I don't believe that that's uh, ultimately at the end of the day uh, the truth. Otherwise, I would be a Catholic. And he knows I feel the exact same thing in reverse. And we have good discussions about that. And we hold no animus. Uh, it, it it leads to uh, both of us, as Steve likes to say, iron sharpening iron. Uh, we both get better, I think, because of the conversations we have. So you don't want to get past your differences uh, at all. That's ultimately a, a dodge uh, for everybody. We we need to, uh, in all of our uh, richness and diversity, coming together in common cause on the Steve's things Steve laid out. I mean, I don't know of anybody who went to bat more for... Uh, uh, Mormons in general and the state of Utah than in this last election cycle when they stepped up when so many others failed, correct? I, I publicly advocated to put Mike Lee on the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. Yeah. So um, that be, just, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what you meant. It's a, It was a loaded term, but just be careful when you say getting past our differences. The thin gruel that we'll all be living in and worshiping if we just do that is ultimately not something that serves the Lord. Yeah, uh, well said, Todd. I would say in all of these conversations to remind yourself that this is only having theological uh, positions, convictions or something else, but having theological positions are is only beneficial and it's only profitable in as much as they cause you and hopefully in the process others of realizing the glory of God even deeper and causing you to love God with your mind even deeper. That should be our focus in all of these conversations, knowing our maker. And as Steve said, stop with the labels. Well, reading between the lines stop with the labels it's not helpful it causes us to become lazy it causes wedges to be driven between each other 
stop with the labels. If you really want to have a conversation, then come open-minded and uh, come to the table with your ideas. Don't have to change what you think. Don't have to stop um, fellowship with, with other people just because they believe differently than you. But always keep at the forefront of you, of your mind. Nobody, when they get into the into heaven, if they are headed there, Saint Peter isn't going to say, uh, "Are you a five point Calvinist? Are you a three point Calvinist? Are you, um, uh, are are you uh, pre trib? Are you mid trib? Are you pre mill? Are you post?" Uh, n- no. Remember to keep first things first in all of these conversations. That's not to say that every single position is compatible. That's not true. Every single conviction is compatible. That's not true. But I think if we come and we keep first things first, keep the glory of God at the center of our of our conversations and keep that our focus on that, I, I think we'll be on the right path. Indeed. I'm not, um, I'll, I'll close with this. This is not an attempt to say these disagreements are not vitally important to have and to hash out. It's an attempt to say, hash out and, dis- and, and discuss the important disagreements. The, the, the disagreement isn't your human label, although that's what we often disagree over. The disagreement ought to be over who is God and what does he ask of us and what does he want of us. Put the emphasis on God and his character, not us and our preferences or opinions. Well, thanks for tuning in here today on our Theology Thursday podcast. Don't forget to check us out today at CRTV.com. If you're not yet a subscriber, promo code DACE is how you can change that today. For Todd and Aaron, Steve Dace saying thanks for tuning in. I look forward to the amount of emails I will be deleting over the next 24 hours. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. Oh,